Welcome to Lymphedema Podcast. I'm Betty Westbrook, a certified lymphedema therapist and the voice behind Lymphedema Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to provide answers and explanations for people affected by the lymphatic disease, lymphedema. This podcast is for patients, family members, medical professionals, and anyone interested in lymphedema. Each month, I will discuss a new topic related to this disease to help you learn more and navigate better your journey ahead. Between shows, you can catch me on IGTV or Instagram TV, as well as monthly live Q&A sessions. I'm so passionate about teaching others about lymphedema that I created this podcast just for you. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're ready to learn something new today. Disclaimer, as a certified lymphedema therapist, all information provided is based on my professional experiences and education. I recommend that anyone who feels they have lymphedema or have been medically diagnosed with lymphedema seek in-person medical treatment from a certified lymphedema therapist. Today's episode of Lymphedema Podcast is sponsored by Dr. Jenna Wishnu with Lamb Vascular. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to episode 91 of Lymphedema Podcast. This week's episode is going to be about wounds. In fact, I am so excited to introduce you to Dr. Jenna Wishnu, a board-certified general surgeon who treats a variety of medical issues in the Dallas, Texas region. One area where she specializes is wound care, and that is just the topic we are going to discuss. Lymphedema Podcast is made possible by the support of Eros Medical, Bryland's Feet Foundation, Dr. Jenna Wishnu at Lamb Vascular & Associates, Juzo Compression, MediUSA, and the National Lymphedema Network. For more information and to browse previous episodes, visit the Lymphedema Podcast website. As one of the most recent sponsors of the podcast, you will get the opportunity to hear from Dr. Wishnu about wounds in the coming months. All right, let's get started. Dr. Wishnu, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to share with all of you. Well, I am really happy to have you on as a sponsor of Lymphedema Podcast, as well as to be able to ask you a reliable and qualified source about wounds, because let's face it, lymphedema patients in this community have a lot of wounds. And I just really appreciate you taking the time to be here with us today. I'm really excited to be able to work together with the lymphedema therapist because I really feel like wound doctors and therapists of all different varieties need to come together to concentrate and to focus on the wounds caused by lymphedema, but then any conditions with swelling. So many times the swelling is addressed or the wounds are addressed, but less commonly, both are addressed together. So I feel like having that knowledge of when to send to a wound doctor and how to best utilize a wound doctor will really help help us with a great partnership. Well, I have a lot of questions for you. And I think throughout the year, as we are doing some quarterly interviews with you, we'll be able to get some really specific ones. Um, I was in a webinar yesterday and a woman was asking about a previous patient of hers and she basically said, you know, there's always a handful of those patients where you just continually as a clinician, you wonder, what did I miss? You know, what if I had had this knowledge then? And I can think back to a handful of my early lymphedema patient days and being baffled by some of the wounds that I had seen. And a lot of times I wish, man, I wish I knew 
then what I know now, or had the contacts then that I have now to be able to answer those questions. So luckily we will get to address some really specific questions and topics. Um, before we get into all of those really good details, can you tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and your professional background? Yeah, of course. So I grew up in the Dallas area and uh, in uh, residency, I actually trained at a burn center where we had burns, of course, but then all kinds of different wounds. Initially, when I was treating those, I thought, wow, this is gross. I don't want to do this. But unfortunately, it, I really had a knack for it. And I really pushed the envelope more than a lot of my colleagues. And so it really became a passion of mine. So when I came back to Dallas, fortunately, there was a wound uh, medical director position available over at the wound center in my local area. And it kind of took off from there. That's awesome. It sounds like you just kind of followed your skill set and talent, which doesn't always mean we're passionate about it at first. Um, but eventually we kind of see like, hey, I am really good at helping people with this issue. I can become passionate about it. Certainly. And then it, lately I've really, um, I was in touch with a, re, uh, a local lymphedema therapist and just being able to share our knowledge with each other. Cause there's so much that I thought I knew about lymphedema that is been dwarfed by the amount of knowledge that she has. And so it's kind of a give and take. It's really helpful to be able to bounce ideas off of each other, but also know what's doable in the outside world. Cause I have all these grandiose ideas of ways to wrap people, ways to treat wounds, but it may not be applicable and it may not be perfect for that patient. So it's great to have a close relationship with someone in the field that they can say, Hey, look, you know, this has changed. I don't think this is appropriate or, oh yeah, this is really working. Let's keep doing this with this patient. Cause unfortunately patients aren't always the best information. That's yeah. Sometimes you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt and see <laughs> what is really going on there. So what you just said about working with a local lymphedema therapist, it, I, I'm kind of in shock a little bit. Um, I know who you're talking about, I think. And um, I don't think I have heard another doctor. I, I can think of one doctor that I worked pretty closely with um, who was a radiation oncologist um, who invited us to be a part of their interdisciplinary team meetings. Um, but so he could kind of keep a track on their lymphedema progress and what was going on with garments and bandaging and such. But there aren't very many doctors who want to take that advice of someone. Um, and I mean, no offense to um, the doctors or yourself out there who, you know, don't really have that MD title. Um, and I have seen a couple instances where it's like, I'm the doctor, I know better than the lymphedema therapist or, you know, whoever it is in that specific instance. So I really appreciate and really respect that you, um, welcome that insight from the lymphedema therapist. Who's kind of working, um, boots on the ground, as you might say there in their setting, uh, with those patients directly. And I just applaud you for building up that relationship, um, and taking that advice and sharing it. I would love to pretend like I know everything, but I don't. <laughs> I would too. I, I really like to know it all, but you're right. We don't always know it all. And it's good to have someone to lean on 
um, that can help us, which is where you come in to play with the podcast today. We don't know it all about wounds. In fact, we have a lot of questions about wounds. So let's go ahead and jump into those. Sure. The wound care has always been really fascinating to me and also puzzling at the same time. Can you break down why having a wound care doctor or wound doctor is so important for the lymphedema community? Sure, I think it's important to have a wound doctor because they're specifically focused on the wound. It's easy as a primary care doctor or a vascular doctor or what have you to concentrate on their area and then as a side note, make comments about the wound. But it's different to be able to look at it with a fresh set of eyes and be able to put all of the different factors that affect wound healing together, like things like moisture control, bacteria management, the inflow and the outflow. So meaning the arteries aren't clogged, but also the veins aren't refluxing and ruling those out to be able to come to a diagnosis of lymphedema to manage swelling. Um, <clears throat> and then also just specifically the tissue support, meaning making sure that the tissue has uh, adequate nutrition in the body, ha has um, pressure offloading, there's so many different factors that go into it that a wound doctor can utilize and then make adjustments for. So when it comes to moisture control, I'm going to break down a little bit of those points. Moisture control. Um, I think just a rule of thumb that I remember hearing is that if it's wet, you want to dry it out. And if it's dry, you want to get some moisture on it. Is that the rule of thumb for wounds? So what I told my patients is that wounds are kind of like Goldilocks and the three bears. They can't be too wet, but they can't be too dry. If a wound is too wet, then the healing cells come to the wound surface and get swept away with the drainage. So they can never really do their job. If a wound's too dry, they come to the wound surface and they just shrivel up from being dried out. So the old adage of let it scab over, that's not how wounds uh, thrive. It really needs to be that in-between environment. And that's why we like to cover wounds is because they can, the covers can absorb enough moisture to keep it dry, but maintain enough moisture to keep it in that ideal wound environment. And you're talking about pressure prevention as another key factor. Um, is that, uh, that, that isn't compression pressure is it that's like weight bearing pressure so no it's more people who sit in their chairs all day long and so maybe their heels rest against the um the legs of their wheelchair it's laying in bed all day long and having their heels rest against the bed it's even having compression wraps on and having a wrinkle on the ankle or someone who has a really large foot and the way that it bends maybe that that wrap rubs a pressure point there. It's just noting all the different idiosyncrasies of someone's in, uh, specific foot, specific leg, and seeing where there are pressure points that we're not protecting. So it's also wound prevention in that sense. So I also treat pressure ulcers. So when people sit in a chair all day, they get pressure points on their um, buttocks and on their ischium. And so looking at their, um, their wheelchair cushions, looking at their bed mattresses. So it's kind of looking, looking at where the wound is and seeing, okay, what, what's contributing to this and how can I prevent it from happening again or happening in other areas? 
in addition to looking at the bigger picture of all that contributed to a wound, how do you approach the treatment for wounds as a wound doctor? Sure. So they did a study, sheesh, I don't even know how many years ago, looking at how to maintain an ideal wound environment. And what they found is that over the course of a week, a biofilm forms on the wound surface. And yes, we're washing the wound every day, but that doesn't wash away this film. The film is created from dead cells, debris, bacteria, drainage, it all makes this invisible film over the wound surface that actually inhibits the wound underneath it from healing. And so that's why weekly debridements are so uh, important. So it's not any, more, not any more often than that because then that starts to damage the underlying ingrowth of the granulation tissue. But any less than that, it found that that biofilm actually inhibits the wound underneath it from healing. The funny thing also about debridement, and patients say this all the time to me, is, but you're making me bleed. And that's the trick. We are making you bleed. We're creating trauma to that area of the body that the body then thinks, oh my gosh, this is a brand new wound. Let me send my best wound cell, wound healing cells to the wound surface. And so every week we restart that process to send more and more cells to the wound surface that helps the wound heal faster. It definitely makes sense. And I can see where a patient would be thinking, I keep coming back and you're just making it fresh or worse or, you know, bleed all over again. But it makes sense that that natural immune response and a way to trauma and injury is sending those response cells in mass quantities and their stronger cells instead of it being like, oh yeah, this is just kind of like a low lying constant issue we've been dealing with. We'll send a few guys, you know, to the surface to work on it, but that definitely yeah, makes so, sense. So when they biopsied wounds, what they found is that a chronic wound has a different population of cells than an acute wound and those chronic wound cells, they're lazy. They don't like to work. And so they don't work on healing the wounds. So when we recreate an acute wound environment, we get those worker bee cells that are really hardworking, trying to do, make a difference. And so by bringing those back to the wound surface, we can really restart wound healing. I've worked in a few settings where the PT was wound care certified, or even the nurses would make rounds to provide wound care um, in like a long-term care facility. When the patients are at home, they usually are prescribed home health wound care and I'm wondering, how does that doctor work in this setting? How does a wound doctor work in the home health setting? So similar to what we were discussing earlier, it really needs to be hand in hand. As a doctor, I can look at their wound on a one-time snapshot basis and say, this is what it needs. But in order to carry out the wound care between the times that I see the person, I really need someone to be an extension of me and look at the wound and make sure that one, that the wound care that we've suggested is being done properly, but also that we're constantly changing what we need. Initially, when we see a wound, sometimes it needs an antibacterial dressing, an absorbent dressing. Um, it may need more padding, less padding. It may not work with their lifestyle, but by having someone at home look at that and see they can uh, let me know, and then I can change the orders. If a 
wound, if a person is getting only home health wound care, unfortunately, they need a doctor in order to change those orders. And so again, in the like we were talking about the chronic wound environment, you get in a rut and we're not giving the wound exactly what it needs. So we may need to change. Sometimes I use one collagen one week and see no response. And I use another collagen, which should be the same exact response and it doesn't. For whatever reason, some people respond to one and not another. And so by being able to have that um, ability to ch constantly change the orders, then we can work hand in hand to give um, the patient's exactly what they need. If the patient is limited, like you had just said, if they're only getting home health wound care by a nurse, how can they optimize their treatments? Is it more frequent communication with a wound doctor? Is it more in-depth education? Do you have any recommendations for those patients who are homebound, like purely homebound? So there, there is, um, certain um, areas where there are home wound physicians that can actually go out to the, to the home and take care of the wound. And so it, with pe and people with limited resources or limited mobility, that's an, always an option. Um, more important than that is to try to um, take advantage of the partnership between the outpatient PT, OT, nurse, and the doctor to be able to have constant communication. So maybe they can't come every week like what's ideal, but in the time between by constantly talking with each other, we can say, all right, well now, even though they're not coming for two weeks, they need something different. Can you rewrite my orders and give me what the patient needs in order to not get them into a rut, number one, not make the wound worse, number two, but give the patient what they need. That's really the most important thing, right? Is just making sure what they're getting is what they need and not, you know, what they need now and not what they needed six weeks ago, maybe when the order was first written. Because I say all the time that lymphedema is a fluid disease, but it also is fluid in the sense of that there are highs and lows and there are changes overnight sometimes. And what they needed at the beginning of their treatment may not be what they need five, six weeks into treatment, if that's, you know, a chronic long-standing wound that they have. So I think you're totally right. It's getting them what they need at that moment and being able to adapt to it as you go through. It would be like using the same, um, size wrap forever. Their leg is going to get smaller. You're going to have to reduce the number of times around the leg is going to be a different size. It's going to need something different. So the same applies to the wound. As things change, we really have to be fluid with it. For any of the CLTs who might be listening to this episode, how would you recommend that they build a relationship or even get in contact with a wound doctor if they are having some questions? You know, how do they build that rapport if it's not something that they already have established? So like you said at the beginning of the episode, not everybody is as welcoming to suggestions and feedback. And so I think that's important is just kind of feeling it out and talking to the wound doctor, whoever's giving you these referrals and see, testing the water, seeing are they uh, amenable to suggestion and also following up with them. 
hey, I saw Mr. So-and-so. The swelling is really coming down nicely. I really think what we're doing is improving the wound. I just wanted to follow up with you. And by starting off with something really positive, I think that that opens the door to more communication so that the next time they, you call and offer suggestions, they know that you're looking, that you're reevaluating. And so if someone's open to suggestion and you make a good suggestion and it turns out positive, then I think it, again, opens the door for the next time. And so then the doctor might reach out and say, hey, remember that one person, I have a similar person, can you tackle it? That's really good. And do you have any advice for any patients who might be listening who feel kind of stuck in their wounds, um, have recurring wounds? Do you have any suggestions for them um, for how to maybe either communicate that with their doctor or ways that they can improve their health um, for the wounds at home? So I'm a huge proponent of patient education. Patients should know what's going on, why we're selecting certain products, why we're asking for certain therapists, nurses to see them so that they understand when things change. So if they're not seeing progress in their wound, ask questions. Do you think that we should change this? Am I draining too much? And also follow up because sometimes we see in the clinic a brand new dressing. So we're like, wow, the drainage is really controlled. But what we don't know is that every six hours they've had to change that dressing and we're just catching it at you know, an opportune time. So yeah. be very transparent with the doctor. This is still an issue. It's still hurting. I need more help. But also don't be afraid to ask for a second opinion. As a doctor, you would, you would think that you're being insulting, but in my mind, the more eyes we have on this wound, the better, or even the lymphedema, the more eyes that we have, the more times that we reevaluate and rethink about this problem, the better it can get. Cause we're just continuing to add brain power. We're consider continuing to add ideas. And eventually we, someone may come up with an idea that we hadn't even thought of. Sometimes that fresh pair of eyes sees something different or has a different background of knowledge that says, oh, have you ever tried fill in the blank? And that happens a lot with the, our mutual friend is she will say, you know, I really think this person would benefit from X. And I mean, in my opinion, what's the harm in trying? If, some, if we're not being successful in what we're doing, then by all means, we should change. That's the worst thing for a patient is to have to be, for the doctor to be in the rut and not constantly changing, seeing what's going on different. So definitely ask questions. Definitely ask for a, a second opinion if you're not happy with your doctor. And if you're afraid of hurting their feelings, don't you don't have to tell the doctor that you're seeing a second opinion. I saw someone just two days ago who sees one of my partners in the wound clinic. And she said, please don't tell him. And that's okay. It's okay to say, let me just ask, maybe I'll agree with what they're doing, but maybe not, maybe I'll have new ideas. So that's the benefit of utilizing all the resources and utilizing other people's knowledge to see if there's more that can be offered. I think you just said it perfectly that there's really no harm, you know, in trying a recommendation if the CLT has an idea or if you're looking to get a second opinion, there's really no harm in just seeking out some knowledge because knowledge is power. And the more, you know, the more you can do. 
And I just, I don't know, I think I'm really encouraged by your approach to wounds um, and your openness to talk with the CLTs and to encourage the patients to educate themselves um, and just to be open and helping them get their best results with, you know, where they're at right now and how they can improve just day by day. So I really appreciate all of your advice and all your information today. Do you have anything you would like to share with the lymphedema podcast community before we close out for today? Well, I just, again, want to encourage everyone to have an open door and open lines of communication with their coworkers and also their providers. We have such an, a vast degree of knowledge that we can share with other people that they may or may not know. But also if anyone ever has a question or wants to ask me for advice, I'm always happy to listen. All right, Dr. Wishnu, thank you so much for being here today. We look forward to having you on for another episode in the next coming months. Mother Teresa says loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. This podcast is here for you to find friendship in a community for your journey with lymphedema. I hope you enjoyed learning more from Dr. Jenna Wishnu, our newest podcast sponsor, about why you may need a wound doctor. Email me with your story if you would like to share lymphedemapodcast at gmail.com or visit the website lymphedemapodcast.com to submit a topic for another episode.